0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more.
1: Half hour. Hello and welcome to Half Hour, a theater entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie.
0: And I'm Jeff.
1: And today we are bringing you a conversation on Company, the Broadway revival that is at the Bernard B. Jacobs Theater in New York City. It is fall of 2021, and we are loving all the shows coming back. Today's discussion is on company. So we're warning you, um, if you haven't seen this yet, um, that we are going to give lots of spoilers. There's a lot of spoilers coming your way here. So you have been warned. This is not anywhere on any streaming platform. This is the Broadway revival of company at the Jacobs Theater in New York City, which is where we're going today. So um, good to talk about today, I should say. So... Um, I'm going to give a little bit of background on the show, as I always do, and then we'll kind of dive into what we thought. We saw this last night. We're really excited to kind of discuss this today. So, um, Company, Music and Lyrics by Stephen Sondheim, book by George Firth, originally produced and directed on Broadway by Harold Prince, the very popular Harold Prince. Um, This was a 1970 Broadway musical, revived on Broadway later again in 1995, revived again in 2006 now revived again here. This was playing right before the pandemic. I mean, it, it was coming it well, it was wildly successful in London. This production came to New York and ran a couple weeks, maybe a week or two, mm-hmm. and then closed down with the pandemic and now it's mm-hmm. back with the cast that was going to be doing that pre-pandemic. Um this um production has scenic and costume design by Bunny Christie, lighting design by Neil Austin, sound design by Ian Dickinson for Autograph, illusions by Chris Fisher. There's hair, wig, and makeup design by Campbell Young Associates. Um, music supervision and music direction by Joel Fram. Choreography by Liam Steele. Directed by Marian Elliott. And for those of you who don't know, Marian Elliott also directed The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Uh. She also directed War Horse. And she also directed Angels in America, the revival that we saw a few years ago. Um, so Marian Elliott is bringing this revival here to Broadway. Um, and for those of you who have seen it, there is a big... Gender Bender on this. This is a very fresh. It's set in the modern day, the present day. Bobby is played by a female, Katrina Lenk, and Patty LaPone playing Joanne, amongst a slew of other wonderful Broadway talents um, in the show. So that's where we're kind of at. What are your overall thoughts on this? We really enjoyed the show last night i think i just want to know your overall thoughts before we kind of dive in what did you think
0: it was goes to me first with my overall, overall thoughts. thoughts i so was right. i was making a joke as we were walking to grand central last <laughs> night and i was like it would be so funny if we could record ourselves like from this quick little walk from here to there because we always say like our our one to two comments that like i think we sleep on them and we maybe change our minds a little bit but not not that we change but like it's like those off the cuff remarks that i think would be so funny yeah but anyway (laughs) my overall opinion i thought the show was good you know i well first of
1: all what do you think of the show like regardless of this revival of it, when you look at the plot or the there's a little bit of a lack of plot because it's a lot of vignettes kind of tied to this 35th birthday. When you see the way the show was written for the time, the music, the lyrics, the message, what do you think of that overall first?
0: I think for the time, the show made sense. Like the original story and when it came out, I think bringing it to the modern day works. And at times, and then other times it didn't fully work. And I don't know if that was just some around certain direction choices and whatnot, but I, you know, I like the story. I don't love the story, but I like the story. I think that it's very telling for many people today and even then uh, i'm sure there are people struggling around their mid 30s trying to figure out life still in this world of relationships and trying to fit into a social norm of like what am i who am i supposed to be with where am i supposed to be in my life right now am i supposed to have kids am i not supposed to have kids am i supposed to be married who am i supposed to be married to whether it be a man a woman or anyone and where am i in my career where am i in my life of Drinking and partying and hanging out with friends, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just so many different things. And I think many times we look at other people and we judge Mm -hmm. what they're doing and we try to compare how are we supposed to be on our timeline. And Mm -hmm. I think what's kind of beautiful about this show is there there is no right timeline. Right. So I think like the message behind that is like everyone – is going to be at a certain stage in their life, but you just might not be where they are, and they might not be where you are. Yeah. So I do think that there is a beautiful message in the show. Um I, j- I just didn't love every single thing about the show. Mm-hmm. You know? I think
1: as a show, its it was groundbreaking for its time. It was one of the first shows to deal with adult themes and relationships. Mm-hmm. You have to remember what was happening on Broadway in the 50s and 60s. Romance. Plot of a town, village of people, you know, or you know, but this was about like real people going through real things, and I think that was pretty groundbreaking for the time. Um, I think bringing it to the modern day in this revival and freshening a lot of things up and modernizing it was really smart, and I'm glad that they didn't kind of set it in the '70s. Still, yeah. um, and I think that was really great. I, I do personally think it's one of Sondheim's best shows. I don't, I don't know if it's the best. I don't know if I have one of those, but for him to really put you know he had done a lot of work on Broadway in the 50s and 60s prior. Now he's kind of here in the 70s, and he had some great things come after too. But mm-hmm. This was like his middle of the middle of his career kind of show, where like he got a chance to really write some cool stuff that he didn't. I feel like he got to write what he wanted to, mm-hmm. and and really what he truly wanted to. And you could tell it's like his baby, um, in the in the in a way. Um, I think the music is wonderful. You got to catch those lyrics when they come because they come and they go. And I think the what they're trying to say. There's such comedy. There's some tragedy. There's a little bit of everything. I think the music really helps move the show
0: Definitely. along. The music is a huge character for me. <laughs> so, like, I find that we have this conversation a lot, whether. Should a a show be completely sung through? Should there be more book scenes? And this was actually a show that I think needed more music. Mm. I thought the book scenes were too long at times. And I know that there was character development with Bobby and the different couples that she's meeting along her journey. But some of them I was like these some of these scenes are just falling a little flat and mm. i i just wanted to get to the point i wanted to get to more singing because the music is great
1: and the music does tell the story pretty well too which is really
0: nice yes yeah, so that um. was one thing that i guess i didn't fully love about the show was sometimes there was dialogue happening that it was just like it kept going and going yeah. and it was like, there was maybe one too many lines mm-hmm. in certain scenes and i know that's part of the development, but. That was just my opinion. Yeah. You know.
1: Um, I think as a I, – I, you know, kind of taking shift towards this production, I think that it, it's tough because there's some amazing things going on. If I had to start with that, okay. I would say I really think this was a well-directed piece. Someone had a creative vision. To take this show, not just modernize it, freshen up. Anybody can modernize and freshen something, something up and set it in there. Put a cell phone in everyone's hand and there we go. Mm-hmm. But there was something about the neon was great. The cubicle style apartment this was not people living in big houses. Why fill the whole stage with big apartments? Keep them segmented like that. like
0: small and tight. Yes. It was great.
1: I thought there was like, you know, a lot of times the audience applauded throughout. I thought the reveal of the orchestra was a moment for me. I didn't know where they were and I was like, where is this orchestra? And they just, the curtain lifted and they were there and they were lingering, looming, that orchestra. How often do you see an orchestra up at the top of all the action at the bottom? Very rare. Like Cabaret, I think we've seen that. A couple
0: shows where we've seen that. But, not a lot. Like fully up top? Yeah, this was like Cabaret? fully up there. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was, but I don't remember that yeah. in Cabaret. Yeah,
1: they were up they were up there, but maybe not as far up, but I, I know I that they were... I did think it
0: was cool because you, you did see them and they were almost like a lingering presence yes. the whole time. Yes, and
1: the scene change music of her going from scene to scene, because yeah. it's very easy for the show to be segmented, yeah. and I think that the direction of putting her through, I mean, it's clearly an Alice in Wonderland style yeah. exploration. The big Then she crawls through the little door. There's the little, it's her perspective on what 35 is. Sometimes she's, it's overbearing to her. Sometimes she's like, all right, I'm 35. I'll move on. And the move and the way the set moved as well as, and I think this is interesting. It says illusions by Chris Fisher in the playbill. There are illusion moments. Mm-hmm. That cast disappears. They back up and they come in and they back up. And I'm like, ooh, it's really haunting to see them with the fog and the neon lighting. And even this the company spelled out in that song. Another yeah. hundred people just got off of the That's really cool. I just think it, it was choreographed and directed
0: really well. It def- that, mm-hmm. I would praise that as well.
1: Yeah. The, the scenic the, the and costume the scenic design.
0: design. The lighting design was great. And we did see Curious in Tonight. Incident of the dog in the nighttime, right? Where yeah, and I, I do remember that neon mm. light. Sh- I and
1: mean, Angels in of. America had that neon vibe to it too, and it it adds a haunting element.
0: Yes, it really and I does. Did, I, you know, to say something like that, I think that part of the one of the best parts of the show was that. You know, yes, the set, and sometimes you don't want to have to say that
1: no I think that was that <laughs> elevated the whole thing I mean you have the 35 hidden throughout the set three five 35 the fact that the set is very gray yeah. allows these characters to pop especially Bobby in the red the whole time you allow the actors to pop and the gray,
0: and lives. I think that was like... And I think that was cool. As a director choice, it, it was like hiding little Easter eggs yeah. throughout the set. And yeah. those were the things that were making me think more than the actual storyline. Yeah. Because it was making me think about, okay, what what is going on in Bobby's head right now? Because I kind of feel like this is what the show is. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, let's go to Bobby for a second because yeah. obviously big change there mm-hmm. um, in, in this. Bobby, as many of you may or may not know, is normally played by a male. Um, it's usually Bobby a man. And this was changed to Bobby a female. Um, Rosalie Craig played... Her her in the, in the um, London production a couple of years ago before it came here. Patti Lapone also played Joanne over there when the Olivier Award is now here playing Joanne. A different person playing Bobby now, Katrina Lake. To me, um, your show, I think a production of company does come down to Bobby. Yeah. How strong you want Bobby, how much Bobby sh- may disappear in the plot at times. And for me, I found that this whole entire ensemble, Like, literally everyone worked together as a team and, unfortunately, at times, overshined and outshined Bobby. Mm -hmm. Bobby, to me, disappeared a lot throughout the show. Bobby, to me, was forgotten at times because of the comedy, because of the movement, because Mm -hmm. of the progressive feel of the company, which was amazing. And we'll give a few shout-outs to a few amazing performances in there. Bobby, to me, was, like, forgotten. And I got to her act, marry me a little, end of act one. Her being alive, end of act two. And I didn't feel... I thought at times, like... And maybe this was a director choice. I don't know. I know, but I felt like, does she want to be married? I know that's the point, right? It's like, yeah. am I supposed to be or not? But I th- I think the character is supposed... She says, marry me a little. Mm-hmm. Love me just enough. Like, there's the moments where, like, she doesn't know if she wants to be... Full- but... Ebb and flow of the pull of oh my gosh do I want this do I not where am I supposed to be it's almost like she's I think Bobby is supposed to end the show with like a maybe like a quarter life crisis or a midlife crisis like what's going on what am I supposed to do be I want to feel alive someone make me feel alive and I didn't feel like she was going there with it it was almost safe to me.
0: It, it seemed was very safe. safe. It like, wasn't almost, it definitely was safe. It was and, like, I and, and, was... and I
1: think that was And I will say one more thing before I you chime in. I think Katrina Lenk is very talented. I've seen her in some plays on Broadway. I thought she was great in Band's Visit. She played that wonderful character, won's a Tony for it. And then I come here and I'm like, I don't know if I, be- I I hate to say this, but like I had a hard time believing that she wanted it because there were times when she like loved being alone, I think. She was like alone. There was this like dun 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 dun. I'm alone in my apartment, and I'm okay with it. And I'm like, are you? I don't know. You know.
0: I, so I, think
1: I don't know. That's how I kind of felt about that.
0: <clears throat> so I think that there's two ways Bobby could be played. It could either be this person that you're watching go through a journey and then ending up being almost manic at the end. Yeah. Because it's like you you hear Bobby throughout the whole show, and it's like the voice in his head or her head going, Bobby, 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 the whole time. And then like, you just, boom, you know, you, you blow up and you're like, I can't take it anymore. Or it should really go the opposite way and being like, no, I'm proud that I'm alone. I'm proud of the decisions I'm making. And I can feel alive on my own. Right. And I can be this on my own. (laughs) And I don't think either of those happened with
1: her. It almost kind of lingered in between both. And to me, that could be an actor choice, it could be a director choice, or it could be both.
0: <laughs> right. And I guess it means, like, we're supposed to come up with that at, yeah, on our own? because they leave they at the leave, end. But I don't think they leave it for us <laughs> to come up on our own with her, because the performance didn't have a journey going each way.
1: Yeah, and then, like, at the end, she's alone, she can't blow out the candles, she does, she gets the fire <laughs> extinguisher, she does, and then there's one candle left. And what does that mean? Yeah. one, One more chance. Maybe she's going to try. But I don't know. I, I think back to the Raul Esparza, <clears throat> excuse me, 2006 revival. And if you listen to that recording, the passion in his voice in being alive. When they're Bobby, 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 he goes, stop! Like, I feel as the audience, we're supposed to be on that journey. but like the, the multiple times throughout the show, we keep hearing Bobby, come on, Bobby. But Bob, that's supposed to be like drilling to the point where he's, He or she is sick of it by the end. Right. I didn't get the vibe that she was sick of it by the
0: end. No. And also, like, as an audience (laughs) member, like, what are, what are we supposed to take away from this? Are we supposed to take away being like, hey, maybe we're not supposed to be so hard on everyone all the time about, like, where they are in their career, where they are in their relationships, where they are, do they have kids, you know? And As an audience member, I still don't know how I'm supposed to feel after seeing them.
1: Sometimes. We've talked about this in the past. Sometimes the greatest shows we've seen leave us discussing and saying, well, what about this? What about that? Like leaving it up to the audience to decide. Yeah. To me, there was just a little bit too much of that rope to pull with. Right. And I think that I would have liked to – you know, a lot of times people will say, is Bobby gay? Is that another We've – I've heard that argument since this ever since this show came out in the 70s. People will always argue, well, maybe he's gay.
0: And that was not something <clears> that I needed to think of yesterday. No,
1: because they always say maybe Bobby is Gay. Maybe Bobby is asexual. Maybe Bobby doesn't want it. Maybe Bobby does want it. Just uh, and thinking, what if? What if? What if? That's normal for this piece because you're supposed to kind of leave thinking what Bobby really wants. But I just left. But this you should like, be on the. You should
0: be on the edge of your seat <laughs> yeah. trying to figure it out. Yeah, that, that to me puts the theater into the new level.
1: Yeah, and I, I thought there was something missing with. When the rain was pouring down at the end of act one, soak that in, live in it. Like, oh my God, it's raining. I don't know. There was moments where I didn't feel like she truly, almost like she was holding back a lot. The belt came out a couple times. Vocally, it wasn't going to the place I wanted to. Not when you're hearing someone like, I mean, and we can give some of these shout outs now, like Matt Doyle doing um, Not Getting Married Today. I, I mean, the energy mm-hmm. that needs to be matched in that, that he did so well, right? Mm-hmm. Jennifer Samard steals every minute of every scene she's ever been in, I've ever mm-hmm. seen yes. her in. This woman can do no wrong in my book on a stage. And her and Chris Siebert together, like, working the scene. Work. And then when you're alone, Bobby, or Katrina Lank in this case, and you're on that stage and there's no neon cubicle and you're just on a bare stage, I think you got to leave your heart on that stage. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Listen, we're seeing this in previews right now. Maybe she's a million things. Is she holding back? Is she not? Is she waiting for a moment? She's finding the character still maybe? I don't know. She didn't do this in London. She's one of the newer people.
0: I don't know. So Um, I guess uh, now one of my questions to you is – we we're watching this kind of like Alice in Wonderland yeah. take on this, and I don't know if that's how it was done in well, the other it performances like it. either. Yeah, I mean, like in the or other the past. productions. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That I, might be I don't a know new thing, I think.
0: But and we're starting with the birthday, so it's interesting because then she goes down through the rabbit hole, and we're going into each little scene. And for me, I said to you yesterday, I was like, "Are are we is are these scenes real or are they made up in Bobby's head?"
1: Well, that's interesting, because I'm pretty sure there's supposed to be, like, real moments that she's had with them.
0: And but then there's
1: her- dream sequences, like when there was multiple Bobbies in the apartment. Right. And I was like, oh, seeing her life unfold again, That was cool.
0: cool. Because then I was like, oh, well, this is interesting, because if they're not really happening, then Bobby's just imagining what they're doing in their lives. And she's just an outsider looking in. Yeah. watching it happening. The same way that they were all down their rabbit holes... Yes. ...thinking, what's Bobby doing right, right now? Right. And, you know, w- when they're going through her bedroom while she's, you know, with the po- yeah. the, the flight attendant... Right. ...they're all saying, what's Bobby doing right yeah. now? Yeah. I'm wondering, while she's also having the same scenes happening in her head yeah. of what they're all doing. So that's why I was curious, like, are is she actually going through this? Because... We start with the birthday, then all of this stuff happens in between, and we end at her birthday.
1: Yeah, and was it? Did all the? Are these all flashbacks prior to the birthday? Or are these things that have happened around the week of the birthday? Did they leave? They, you know, she doesn't show up to the, apparently, according to the last scene. They keep waiting for her, and she's not there. Right, and they say, okay, and it was supposed to be a surprise, and they said we're going to leave. We'll leave the gifts here, and she comes back in, and there's mm-hmm. she is alone. You know, uh, there was also this. Um, this, there was like the clubby scene at the end, the drinking, the partying, that modernization, the taking of the selfies throughout. That was cool. I thought there were some cool ways to tell it. But to me, I found that Bobby really disappeared a lot. And maybe that was a choice. And if it was a choice, well, I think that he accomplished that choice. Mm-hmm. But because it does become about like the cameos, the comedy right. of that. To me, But that's like there very was,
0: similar to the Alice in Wonderland story. Right the, the, it, the characters she then that goes she, to right. each one. like she goes to Tweedledee and Doodledum right. and, cat. and she goes to the caterpillar and she goes to the flowers. So watching her go through each yeah. couple and being like, yeah, mm, yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. You know, I, I watched the married couple who yeah. is always nagging each other because they don't like certain traits yeah. about them or the couple that's about to get married mm-hmm. or the couple that's going to have a baby yeah. or have children and right. then get a divorce, you know, and then the rich couple that, what do they have?
1: Right. And that was interesting. Well, we'll talk about that because we have to, of course, talk about Miss Patty Lapone, <laughs> who wins an Olivier award for this role in London. I'm hoping we'll get Tony nominated for this. At least she was, um, to me, she was like, born to play Joanne. She yeah. encompasses it. She's in the coat. She's in the wig. She's doing her thing. She, and, and, Ladies Who Lunch, what an 11 o'clock number for her. Mm-hmm. The longest applause probably in the whole show. Um, and just, she's delivering it And I'm like, wait, is she going to sing this whole song seated? And I'm like, Everybody Rise would have been the moment where maybe she's going to stand up and she doesn't and I'm like, oh, what a choice because I think that she's like, you know what, I'm going to sit here and sing this song. I'm not standing up and singing this. I thought that was an interesting
0: choice. I definitely think it was a choice because I I kind of wanted her to own the stage. Yeah. I know she owned it from sitting down but I also wanted her to own Yeah. And I think like, I've heard she's gotten her standing O's a a few times but like, didn't happen in our show. Yeah, yeah.
1: Not that we could, from where we were sitting, see anyone standing. But I mean.
0: But I was like, I think if she just owned it a hair more, or if she got up in mm-hmm. that moment, which would have been a, a yeah. choice.
1: It also is interesting to me to see her in, like, the. I think the, app, the opening act two side by side is, like, this awesome, yeah. like, what would we do without, yeah, it's, and. And she's in there doing all the ensemble dancing. And I was like, oh, part of me was like, would she option out of some of these ensemble things? Like, I'll play Joanne and I'll only play Joanne. Like, I was wondering that. Like, maybe she'll just go in, do her three or four scenes. and like No, she was in there dancing it's an ensemble piece she realizes that it's such an ensemble piece you are part of bobby's life and i
0: think it was important that she was in them i think i'm just so not used to seeing her doing ensemble dancing to have more of a diva moment would have been that she comes out just in the one number or the two numbers that she sings yeah Yeah. but But she
1: realizes that this is an ensemble piece she's not going to do that to her fellow ensemble she was to me the best part of it I would say t- the top two things were her and the direction and I think that that was really really strong. I I love this show. Um I think that it's it's so timeless in a way because what does marriage mean today for a woman mm-hmm. and for Bobby being a man all those years to now having people saying, when are you getting married, Bobby? Are you going to get married? Do you want to have kids? I don't you know. What is marriage like? And the right. whole theme of that, very, very interesting.
0: But, um, and also I do think that Matt Doyle and Jennifer Samard's performances were oh, also yeah. some scene, scene stealers yes. at times because that's such a, a, a song to sing, I'm not getting married today, yeah. you know. And I will say there's
1: there's I have I have a few there's a lot of one-liners in this show that are really really great. If I had to throw out my favorite, I I think there's two moments there's two lines that are really great. Um, When it said, "But who will I take care of?" Mm -hmm. Someone says, "Well, don't you? Who who will you take care of? Who will will take care of you? Who I take care of?" and what is marriage like who taking care of someone mm-hmm. and that companion side by side the companionship of life there's that whole theme another awesome line they say i think it's in um i believe it's in um another 100 people when they say I'm paraphrasing, but it's something along the lines of: Well, you you know New York best when you know when to come to New York and you know when to leave New York because one of those people she's dating is leaving, and I think that's so interesting too. It is such an homage to New York,
0: yeah. And
1: what the, just to me, I love a hundred people. Hundred people just got off of the train because a city of strangers, city of strangers, and then. And another hundred people. And how many times are you walking out? There's literally a hundred people coming yeah. off the train. And there's the city of strangers. So it is a love letter to New York. Mm-hmm. And what is New York for these people? Some people it's alone, some people it's with family, some people it's dating, married, not career-driven, not and I love that, that it's this beautiful homage to New York. So many musicals are set in New York. I get that. This is just this beautiful telling of like, how do you what is it like being a, a resident of New York in New York City, especially,
0: you know? Well, that's An interesting take as well, because she she has this whole not about like taking care of someone and who's going to take care of her, but like look at all of these friends that she has Mm -hmm. in her life. And is she actually helping take care of them? Mm -hmm. And are they helping take care of her? And why does she need an individual person like one person, just to take care of her.
1: Yeah, yeah. When she has all these people already taking care of her, looking out for her. It's her 35th birthday. They threw her this big surprise. Which they is all why, going,
0: right, going back to what we were saying... If the story took more of the role of, like, she's okay with being this empowered individual yeah. on her own, but that she was just happy with her friends, Yeah, that's then maybe great. that was a great choice, but it didn't but it seem didn't to even, go that right. far. it didn't even right? seem like she was happy with right. her friends, or she would have showed up well, for her you birthday. have to listen, and
1: I, to <laughs> me, it always comes back to the lyric. As we talk about music, lyrics to me are a big deal. Like, when they say, um, Bobby, come on over for dinner. They always invite her at places. Right. Um, just be the three of us. Maybe that's what's in her head. Just the three of us. Just, or I want you to meet someone. Or they say, you I love and you I love. We love you. We love." They say it to her. We love you. Right. And so she feels that love. But then it is so interesting to me that they all leave. Yes, I think that's so interesting that they all decide when they hear the 10th neighbor come home down the hall, whatever. You know what? Let's go. Not one person says, no, no, no. She'll be home eventually. I don't want her to come home. Well, I'll sit here. Wait for her. Out of all those people, that is a choice in the writing, in the direction for them to leave her. Oh, we'll leave – someone had a key to get in, I guess. So they leave all these gifts, the cake with the candles still lit, the balloon. That's an interesting choice to leave. So they all love her to what extent? Exactly. They all love her to the point where at the end of the night, who's getting into bed with her? Who's talking to her before she dozes to sleep? Who's living in the apartment? No one. And I think that's the –
0: But then that's not that empowered story. Yeah. It's not her being happy on her own. Yeah. Because it's like she would have showed up and they would have stayed. So then it goes back to the other way where it's like, no, she's lonely.
1: Yeah. But the the name of the piece is company. Mm -hmm. What is company? Is company the person in the bed with you? Is the company the spouse? Is company your friends? What does it mean to have company? Yeah. We're gonna have company over Just Be the Three of I, I just keep the Bobby come on over for dinner. It's just a recurring theme throughout the whole thing. Um, and like I said, I will say, I will say this too. This is musical comedy. It's it literally says it on the playbook. Company, a musical comedy. Mm-hmm. And to me, they hit the nail on the head with the comedy. Yeah. But there, I just think there's some tragedy in it. And I don't, I think they almost steered clear of that 95% of the time. I think a tragic, (laughs) but I think there is tragedy in Marry Me a Little. Mm -hmm. And I really, really think there's tragedy in being alive. Mm -hmm. That song makes me tear up sometimes when I hear it. Mm -hmm. Someone to hold me too close, someone to, those lyrics, some, and, and ruin my, ruin my sleep. And let me make me aware of being alive. Like, she wants someone to ruin her sleep because then she'll realize that she's alive. Didn't really feel that Right, Which is something actually to
0: think about. Like, what made her feel alive? Drinking?
1: Well, there was a lot of partying and drinking in her life. Yeah, well, her career. Her success. But we don't her know fashion, what she really her does drinking, in her career. Her life we from, just
0: know, like, yeah. We just see her at know. this But, like, every time she's in the vignettes, she's also just drinking. Yeah. And
1: that was an interesting choice, too. Definitely Maybe that was her way of getting through the just be the three of us
0: right. moments. And what? Life. I don't know. But also, like, what are certain people's vices, I guess. Yeah.
1: And so. that's, yeah. And that's why I just, I don't know. I find being alive to be one of the greatest closing songs of a show I, I think that song is so perfectly written and it really takes a strong strong person to tell that gut right I, I thought I was maybe going to cry at the end of it and then I'm watching her do it I'm like it didn't go there for me mm-hmm. and that's okay because maybe this was just going to focus on the comedy mm-hmm. and good good because life should be comedic and light and fun but it didn't go to the depths of the tragedy I thought they could have I've seen and heard of productions doing a real serious take on being alive and, mm-hmm. and it didn't go there for me and that's okay that was just the, this revival of it. I do think it's going to get some Tony nominations. It's a really, really great production. And uh, yeah. yeah, I really liked it. Liked it, so.
0: Ah.
1: Oh, oh, ding dong. <laughs> time, time, time.
0: Door chimes. Yeah, there. here we go. Um, all
1: right, our one minute recap. Go.
0: Uh, I think mine is going to be quicker. But I think that the show is great. I think it's another great piece of theater that just makes you think about things, about life, and was enjoyable to watch. I think there were maybe some different direction choices I would have made, but I didn't direct this. So that's it. And I think everyone should go see it. There's great performances in the show, and it will definitely make you think.
1: It'll definitely make you think. That's what theater is supposed to do in a way, Mm -hmm. right? Is make us think in a way. Um, Yeah, my recap is... I love the show. I've never seen a professional Broadway revival of this show before. I'm really glad I did. I love hearing the live music. Some great cameo performances throughout. I'm I'm if any if it's any reason to see it, I would see it. Like I said earlier, for the direction and Patty Lepone's performance. I think those two are the
0: strongest things. He loves Patty Lepone. I love Patty Lepone. <laughs> anything she
1: does. Um, and I would say, yes, go see it. It'll make you think. If you really want to see some cutting edge theater, some groundbreaking stuff, some new stuff. And oh, and one thing I will say too, I'm glad Stephen Sondheim has given his blessing for all this. I'm glad that they asked for his permission on a lot of these changes. I'm glad that he was alive to see this. Yeah. And I'm glad that he gave a blessing for this. Because a lot of people won't. A lot I think that's what I'll end on saying: a lot of people write things and they don't change my things. Don't change my things. And there's someone in his 90s who's saying, "You know what? Yeah, make some changes because I think the integrity of the piece stays." And that's what impressive. And that's we've said impressive. This
0: before, because I, a lot of revivals, like I like to see different takes yeah. of the theater. Yeah, yeah. And that's what this did. Yeah. It wasn't a traditional, just like let's throw company up on yeah. the stage. Yeah. It, yeah. it was a different take on for it, for sure. Is and, great.
1: Yeah yeah and it's a great show so I really really I really enjoyed it all right, well there's our recap. we thank you so much for listening today and we hope you enjoyed. Please sure to follow us on instagram at half hour podcast for the latest on our posts you can engage and comment that's at an on instagram at half hour podcast. We got some more shows coming up this holiday season. We got some movie musicals coming up we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. So check those out. And thank you all so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed. Until next time, signing off for now, I'm Richie.
0: And I'm Jeff. Saying ta-ta. Bye.